Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. preach a message called A Jesus Not Just for Christmas. You know, sometimes we can probably do two things. We can totally forget about Jesus at Christmas because it's so festive and so busy and you're caught up doing your Christmas shopping and heading to carols and going on holidays and all the, the awesome things. They're all great. There's nothing wrong about any of it. But sometimes we're so caught up in that Christmas festive spirit that we forget about the true meaning. And, you know, some people love the saying... Jesus is the reason for the season. Other people, it makes their stomach want to turn and vomit and all the rest of it. But it is true. Without him, without Christ, we have no Christmas. And some people, this is the only time they do consider Jesus. They kind of forget about him all year. He has no real priority or no real place within their lives, with their hearts. But at Christmas time, they're reminded to think about him and to think about you know, and a little scene where Mary and Joseph are there and a baby and a, a cow and a sheep and, you know, random kind of little animals. Or maybe they see a movie, Home Alone or Elf or, you know, whatever. We quite like Elf in our home. That gets a good run. Um, Ivy will not watch Home Alone. It freaks her out that any parent would leave their child be- behind. She has a massive fear of that. I don't know where she thinks we're going or what we're going to do. I remember once Dan's friend, they were going running together and he had come to the house and I had gone out to see him and so had Dan and we'd taken Oliver out and she was out the back playing and I had forgotten to tell her we're all at the front because Damo's here and she was running around the house bawling her eyes out thinking we had, I don't know, the rapture had come and she'd been left behind, something, Um, but she found us. So she won't watch Home Alone because it freaks her out that parents leave their children behind. Um, But, you know, maybe you watch a Christmas movie. I love the kids' movie, The Star. I don't know if you've seen that. That gets me every time. I love the portrayal of Mary and Joseph, particularly in that story, about Mary's faith to believe, okay, this is really happening. And in in a time where it was not just taboo to be pregnant out of wedlock, like it was almost criminal. If that was happening, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, she's fallen pregnant. It was terrible. And Joseph's faith to go, you know what? I'm still gonna take her as my wife. We're gonna have this baby, the son of God, like what a responsibility to carry it. So maybe it's at Christmas time that you watch a Christmas movie and you think, oh yeah, that's right. I remember this is about Jesus. But the story of Jesus is not just a Christmas message. It is a message for every single day of our lives. You know, he's not just a character in a a story at Christmas. He should be the main character of every day of our lives in every season that we walk through. And as I was pondering this, the very famous Bible verse, John 3.16, kept popping into my heart. And I'd like to read it. I know you probably all know it off by heart. It was probably the first Bible verse you learned in Sunday school. But it's such a powerful, powerful scripture. And it says this. This is the contemporary English version. It says, God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. And I think of this and I think of 
first of all, God our Father, that He loved you and I so much, that He saw us. You know, we sang it this morning in sin and error pining. He saw our souls lost and wayward without hope of reconciliation, except through the sacrifice of His Son. And I think of Him making a plan to rescue you and I. And if you've got children, the the thought of sacrificing a child is beyond any imagination that you could ever have. But that was how great His love was for you and I, that He was willing to sacrifice His Son. And I think of Jesus in the equation, who was with God from the beginning, who only knew the perfection of heaven. He only knew what it was like to live in paradise, to not have to live in a sinful, fallen, broken world. But He was willing to play His part in the redemption story of your life and of my life. And for that, I am truly grateful. And this morning, I just wanna pull out two words from this scripture, the word love and the word gave. God loved the people of this world so much that He gave His only Son. And I wanna start this morning with the word love. You know, you never need to question if God loves you. You know, sometimes you might not feel it in a tangible way. You might be walking through a season of your life where you think, oh, does God still love me? Maybe I've messed up. Maybe I've done this. Maybe I've done that. But you never need to question the love that God has for you. His willingness to send His Son on your behalf is all the proof that you need that He loves you. You know, He loved you before you even knew Him, acknowledged Him or loved Him. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place, while we were still lost and ungodly. And what I love about this is that the onus is on God's love. God's love is not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon Him and upon His grace and His mercy and His faithfulness. While you were still lost, while you were ungodly, while you were running from Him, while you wanted nothing to do with Him, while you thought your life was okay without Him, when you didn't even recognise your eternally great need of a Saviour, He still loved you. He still saw you. He still had a plan in place to rescue you and redeem you and save you. And that is the proof that we need, that God loves us. His willingness to send His only Son. You know, in Psalm 36, 7, I think the psalmist maybe had a, a glimpse into the future. It says, Oh God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. And I pray that this Christmas and into the new year, when you're at the beach, hopefully applying sun cream. We went away this week. Paul Benny didn't apply sunscreen the first day. And he, poor little guy, was burnt and blistered and very painful for the rest of the holiday. But while you're at the beach, while you're tanning with your sunscreen on safely under a beach umbrella, hydrating with some water and maybe some hot chips from Ostomia, how good are those? And, you know, you can eat them on the grass. Something like eating chips on sand. It's like, is that salt? Is that sand? What is going on with the exfoliation there? But Ostomia is really good. We quite like sitting on the grass there. Um, Now I've got no idea what I'm saying. Oh yeah, in the new year. In the new year where you kind of forget about God too because you're so relaxed and you think, I'm on holidays. This is how good's life. No daily grind. Some people 
not for me as a teacher, thank you, Jesus. Um, when I'm sitting under the beach umbrella, I still want to be reminded of how extravagant His love is for me, not just then, but even now. And I love that it's not dependent on, upon me. There's nothing I can do to earn His love more. There's not, nothing good that I can do. You know, maybe I go, oh, okay, I'll um, donate five presents to the Kmart wishing tree this year, which would be a wonderful thing to do. And, but then you think, oh yeah, that's going to earn me a little bit more love. He couldn't love you anymore. It wouldn't earn you any more love. Maybe you'd go, oh, but I've done this or I've done that this year. And not great things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't decrease God's love for you. He loves you regardless. You know, can you ever disqualify yourself? Can circumstances disqualify you from the love of God? They never can. In Romans 8, 35 to 39, it says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's a reminder at Christmas and every other the day that the the baby born in the manger that would grow that would live that would minister that would teach us how to live that would become the word become flesh that would later die on the cross that he is proof of the father's love for you and I pray that this Christmas that you would feel that in a real and tangible way that you would open up your heart to receive that. And maybe you go, I've been sitting in church for 5, 10, 15 years and I don't know if I've ever experienced the love of God. I pray today that you would have a greater sense of the Father's heart for you, that your heavenly Father loves you, that His love for you was so extravagant that He was willing to sacrifice His only Son and that was the only way that you and I could be brought back into relationship with the Heavenly Father. That was God's plan to restore relationship. He wanted to walk in relationship with you. And the only way that He could do that to have forgiveness of our sins was to send His Son on our behalf. You know, the other word that I want to look at this morning is the word gave. He gave His only Son. Who are the givers in the room? Who loves Christmas shopping for other people? Not many of you. Better to give than receive, the Bible says. I love it. I love Christmas shopping. I'll always be ducking out. Dan's like, what else could you be buying? What else do you need from Kmart? Just bits and pieces, Dan. Just getting a few bits and pieces. And I love it. I love the thought of, oh, what am I going to get so-and-so? You know, how am I going to wrap it? What am I going to do? Are they going to care about the wrapping? Should I buy the expensive wrapping or just the cheap wrapping if it's, you know, for your nephews or something? But I love it. I love putting thought into it. I love going to the shops. I don't love the crowds. Like, who has not done their Christmas shopping? Anyone? Not many of you. Well done. The thought of doing Christmas shopping this week would make me break out in hives thinking of having to battle. You battled the shops yesterday, Dan. Took one for the team. Thank you for that. Um, but apart from that, I do love giving. 
And you know, this word gave, God gave us his only son. And I thought of this word and I thought, what did he actually give us when he gave us Jesus? Yes, he gave us a great life. Yes, he gave us freedom. Yes, he gave us forgiveness of our sins. But what was it that God had in store for you and I besides proving his great love for us when he gave us his son? And I want to read this passage to you in Romans 5, which I think just, it sums it up perfectly, better than what I could ever say. So Romans 5, 1 to 11, it says, By faith we have been made acceptable to God. And now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. Christ also introduced us to God's undeserved kindness on which we take our stand. So we are happy as we look forward to sharing in the glory of God. But that's not all. We gladly suffer because we know that suffering helps us to endure. And endurance builds character which gives us hope that will never disappoint us. All of this happens because God gave, because God has given us the Holy Spirit who fills our heart with his love. Christ died for us at a time when we were helpless and sinful. No one is really willing to die for an honest person, though someone might be willing to die for a truly good person. But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. But there is more. Now that God has accepted us because Christ, Jesus, because Christ sacrificed his life's blood, we will also be kept safe from God's anger. Even when we were God's enemies, he made peace with us because his son died for us. Yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, we will be saved by his son's life. And in addition to everything else, we are happy because God sent our Lord Jesus Christ to make peace with us. Now, the first thing I got from that is that God gave us through Jesus peace. And when you think of peace, you think of, oh, you know, maybe an absence of strife or struggling. Or maybe you think, oh, I feel a bit more calm, even though I should be more stressful in a certain, you know, time in my life. And those things are true. But ultimate peace, like I said before, is reconciliation with God the Father. Nothing brings peace to your soul like salvation. Being saved is the ultimate peace that you can find. You know, you might try yoga, you might try, you know, I work with someone who's uber into crystals and every time someone comes into the staff room, hope she's not watching online, complaining about something, she's like, I've got a crystal for that, I'll bring it tomorrow, I've got a crystal for that, you might say, oh, you know, my, the toasty won't cook fast enough for me to eat my food, I've got a crystal for that, I've got a crystal for that, like, I don't need a crystal, I just need that toasty machine to work faster so I can eat my food. Um, but peace doesn't come through a crystal, it doesn't come through anything else. You know, you could have the peace that only God brings through reconciliation and still have the craziest life, but internally you're still, you're still calm and it says it makes us happy. Nothing brings us more joy than being reconciled with God, than being in right relationship with Him. And I encourage you today, I don't know everybody's circumstances. I don't know what you face this year. I don't know your strife or your struggling. I don't know what happened to you today before you drove up that car park to come to church. But my encouragement to you, if your heart is far from Him today, make peace with God. You know, the, the blood of Jesus, this not just this Christmas Jesus, our everyday Saviour who bled and died for you. Use that today. 
the salvation, the forgiveness, the acceptance that comes through the blood of Jesus. Use that today to be restored into right relationship with your heavenly Father because nothing will bring you greater peace. Nothing will give you greater joy. Nothing will fill you with greater confidence than walking with God. You know, the second thing that Jesus or that God gave us through Jesus is grace. This undeserved favour. I didn't deserve it. Newsflash, you didn't deserve it. You might be the best person who's ever walked on the face of the earth and you still didn't deserve it because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. But God in His goodness gave us His grace, this undeserved favour that we could walk with Him, that we could journey life through Him, that we could receive mercy, that we could receive forgiveness. And again, maybe today you go, I don't deserve this. You know what? I don't either. Dan doesn't either. Nobody in this building deserves it. But it's God's free gift to you and I. His grace, again, because that's who He is. He is a good God who longs to give good gifts to His children and His grace is available today. The third thing that He gave us through Jesus is acceptance. And I love this. There's no striving, there's no struggling, there's no trying to earn it. Again, it's His free gift to you and I that He accepts you. And I I read something or we read something not long ago You know, the saying, we say, come as you are, which I love. Just come as you are, but you don't have to stay as you are. There's transforming. There's power. You know, when you're accepted, when God just says, come as you, you are my son, you are my daughter. You know, when our kids are in trouble, as parents, even though you don't want to, thank goodness God is better than us, we accept our children. We accept them to come back to us. We accept them to say, I'm I'm sorry, mum or dad, for, for what I've done. And your heavenly father is the same. He accepts you. He created you. You are his workmanship that he loves so much. You are the the clay that he's moulding and fashioning and forming. He accepts you. So receive his grace. Just come as you are today. You know, in a few minutes, we're going to just have a time just with the keys, just in the presence of the Lord and allow your heart to be accepted. Maybe you haven't been accepted by family members before. Maybe you haven't been accepted by friends before. Maybe that's the kind of mindset that you're coming with today, that I haven't been accepted by anybody else, so why would God accept me? You know, His love is so much greater than human love. You know, when you have a fight with a spouse or a friend, your love kind of wavers. You go, I still love you, but don't really like you right now. That's not God. God doesn't have a human type of love. He has an unconditional, eternal love, and He accepts you. You don't have to prove it to God today. You don't have to prove a single thing. He already knows you. He already knows your heart. He already knows what's going on in your life. And He calls you to come anyway. And the last thing this morning that God gives us through His wonderful Son, Jesus, is the promise of eternal life. Without this this amazing gift that He gave us. You know, you might have some pretty awesome Christmas gifts sitting under your tree that your baby or your cat or your dog are trying to destroy. Now, we can't put anything under our tree currently because I don't know if it's like a boy-girl difference, but holy moly, the child is into every single thing. It's exhausting, everybody. Pray for me. 
Ivy wasn't like that. She, she would crawl to a cub. We didn't have to lock a single thing. You know, she'd crawl to something and we'd go up and she'd look at us and she'd move away. This one, it's like an invitation to dig deeper into the Tupperware drawer or into the dog's bowl. He chases the poor dog nonstop. And again, I'm not too... What was I saying? Remind me. Who was listening? This is the test. Gifts under the tree. Yes, Ken. Ten points to you. You might have gifts under the tree that you think they cost you a lot or you put a lot of thought into it or you finally found that gift that your child asked for that you thought it's not in the shops anywhere. I'm going to have to sell my kidney on the black market to find this gift for my child this Christmas. But none of those gifts could ever compare to the gift that God gave us in Jesus and the promise of eternal life that even though this life might end for us, what well, might, it will end, again, another news flash, it will end for all of us at some point. But when you have the promise of eternal life, you know that in the next life in heaven, you'll never die again. You'll have perfect peace, perfect relationship with God. You'll have perfect health. There'll be no more striving, no more struggling. The promise of eternal life is the ultimate gift of all, that this life might be hard, this life might be wonderful and everything else in between, but the promise that there is something else to come, that I will live forever in the glory of my Saviour, worshipping God. You know, you might think the worship goes for a long time here. Wait till we're in heaven. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go forever but we won't mind because we'll finally see Him face to face. We'll behold Him and there'll be nothing within us that could be restrained from wanting to worship Him because He is so good. He loves you so much that He gave you this gift of peace, of grace, of acceptance and the promise of eternal life. You know, just where you are this morning, let's just spend some time in His presence. Let's just receive these gifts this morning. Allow God to speak to you today. Allow your heart to be reminded of His love for you. A love so magnificent. A love so powerful. A love so strong that it meant the sacrifice of God's one and only Son. That Jesus would leave heaven, would leave the extreme glory of heaven, to live and dwell in an imperfect world with severely flawed people, that He'd be willing to be born to average people, to grow up as a carpenter, to have people doubt Him. You know, comparing that to the glory of heaven, to have people doubt Him, ridicule Him, beat Him, crucify Him, to know that you were going to exchange all of heaven for that experience on earth, but to prove to you and I that that's how much the Father loved us. You know, as you sit there and as you ponder, it's my prayer today that this is not just a Christmas message. Yes, this is an important time for you and I as people of faith. This is a sacred holiday for us as we remember Jesus being born. But I pray in January, God's love sneaks up on you again. And in February and in March, 
that His confidence and His grace would fill your heart again. In June, when you're struggling to believe in yourself and what's going on in your life, I pray that the reminder of His acceptance of who you are, His beloved child, would surprise you again. And as you continue to journey, that the promise of eternal life would bring you joy and confidence. You know, I pray for you today that if you've had a challenging year, I was thinking particularly of people who've lost loved ones. Robin, I'm not sure if you're watching online today, but I was thinking of you yesterday I was, as I was preparing this message for people who've lost spouses, siblings, parents, children, that you would be reminded of God's love for you. When it's difficult to celebrate, when it's difficult to feel excited because you're missing a a significant person in your life, I pray that the peace of God would come upon you. So Lord, we we just still our hearts in your presence today and we allow your goodness to wash over us. We allow your love to fill our hearts again. Lord, for every person sitting here today, for every person watching online today. God, I just pray that you would help us to know that we are accepted, that your grace is enough, that we don't have to strive, that we don't have to struggle, that our hearts don't have to be in in this space of am I good enough? Lord, you already considered us good enough. While we were still sinners, while we were ungodly, while we were running from you, while we refused to have anything to do with you, you still loved us. And Jesus, you still died for us. Jesus, we thank you that you are the proof of the Father's great heart for us. And we just exalt you in this place this morning. Thank you for leaving heaven to join us here on earth. Thank you for considering us worthy enough. Thank you for understanding the great mission to reconcile us back to the Father. Thank you for understanding it was the only way that we could be restored into right relationship with the Father. And today I pray that as we sit here, Lord, that you would search every heart, that where we are right now, that we would contemplate our relationship with you. If the ultimate goal was to restore us into right relationship, Lord, let us consider are we walking with you? Not just at Christmas time when it's easy to consider you, but every day of our lives. Lord, help us to have our eyes unveiled again to the desperate need our soul has to walk with you and the peace and the eternal life that that brings. You know, as you're sitting there today, church, with your eyes closed, just allowing yourself to be in his presence, just contemplate that. Contemplate where your heart's at. It's not about guilt. It's not about trying to trick you into something. It's about allowing you to have the greatest gift of all, salvation, forgiveness, to be restored, to be redeemed, to have your life redeemed and rescued and snatched back. doesn't matter if you've been in church for 50 years. All of us, all of us have times where our hearts grow a little bit cold. 
All of us have times where our hearts retreat a little bit and step back from God for whatever reason. But there's a chance today just to, in your heart, take a step forward. Say, Jesus, I need you again. I want to walk with you again. I want to know you more. I want to experience your love more. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.